Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I still got one more second. <laughs> Just picking. Hallelujah. Hey, y'all, let's get ready to have church today. Hallelujah. We're going to get ready. I know there were some people that were out. They were still feeling a little under the weather, so they were protecting themselves. Some told me they were coming, so hopefully they'll, they'll be here in a few minutes. But either way, we're going to have a good time with Jesus today. So where two or more are gathered, and there's more than two of us, so we're good. So hallelujah. The rest of them are just missing out. And if they have the mentality that I can just have church all the time online, then they're definitely missing out. Uh, I know people watch online when they're not feeling well and stuff, or maybe they have to work, but that's not what we're talking about. So, hallelujah. Hey, listen, I'm going to go through a couple things in the bulletin real fast. Uh, also, before I go on, uh, last night's service, uh, if you're watching online or uh, the Internet was out last night, we still recorded it. I uploaded it this morning, so you can go to uh, the website, look at past services, and you will see the service from last night on there. So it is uploaded, uh, ready to go, so you can watch it. It was a prayer that changes things. And uh, so you'll find that online if you want to watch that one uh, after we're done with this one today. But I uh, want to look here real quick at our, our uh, weekly memory verse. we got Jeremiah 33 and 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which you know not. Jeremiah 33 and 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which you know not. That's a good verse to memorize. Call unto me, and I will answer. We've been talking about prayer, so it's just fitting that it that goes in here. So I'm going to go over some of the things in the bulletin later uh, when, I, when I get to the actual uh, preaching portion of the service. But I uh, just want to, again, thank everybody for, for giving and continuing to give. I know some people are giving online. Uh, you can go to the church website, newlifeag.church, and you can, you can give there. And we have those that give here. We have the, uh, the trays here where people can also give. But I want to I thank everybody that continue to be faithful to what God is doing in their life and continuing to be faithful to the Scripture because the Scripture teaches us to be givers. It teaches us to tithe. And, you know, even in the middle of uh, tough times, we, we still tithe and give. Amen? So uh, we want to thank everybody that continues to do that and uh, just remind you today that, you know, if you have your offering, we're going to pray in a minute and uh, we're going to, after service, you can, I'll remind you at the end, hopefully I'll remember, and uh, you can give in the offering trays out there. Uh, also at the end of service, we're going to have communion. It is the first Sunday of the month, uh, so we're going to have that and uh, we'll take that together as a family, amen? So let's pray and we're going to get ready to do some worship, amen? So. Let me start moving my way up this way. Father, we thank you for what you've done and what you're doing in this place. And Lord, I, I thank you that we get to be in your presence today, God. The most important thing of all is to be here with you. And Lord, I pray that you would just have your way in this place today. Have your way inside of us, God. Have your way. Just Holy Spirit, move in this service. Lord, with all that's going on in the world, we need you more than ever. We need your spirit to refresh us and to heal us and to touch us and all the different things that need to happen. Lord, I thank you. And I pray that you would receive our worship today, receive our praise, receive our offerings and our gifts to you. Lord, I pray that they're acceptable to you. But Holy Spirit, we ask that you would allow the fire to manifest in this place today. This is Revival Weekend. We set aside the time where we come together and, 
And unlike some other weeks, we spend time worshiping you in a way we might not and expecting more from you, God. Our expectations are high. Let the fire fall in this place today, God. Let our worship be free. No hindrances in the name of Jesus. And we ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And if you agree this morning, I want you to shout an amen with me. Amen. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Y'all go ahead and stand up this morning. Let me drink some water before I start. It's so good to start getting our worship team back together again. I know Megan, Megan and them, I think some of the kids are still a little sick, so she's watching herself over there. But, you know, we got Becca back on the platform with us. Hallelujah. Got Rylan on the drums back there this morning. Come on now. So, got the other guys up here with us. We're just going to have a good time worshiping. I know Matt and them were, were just making sure, check one more week to make sure everybody was good and healthy over there, which, again, hey, I understand all that, you know? So, y'all ready to do some worship this morning? You ready, Robert? All right. Hey, make sure you got us all unmuted up there. Just messing with him. Good to see you, man. How you doing? Hallelujah.
Stone that 
Come on, give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Ooh, Jesus. I don't know about you, but we came to praise this morning. <laughs> Jesus. Got to get rid of them shoes. I'm standing on holy ground. Don't look at me. Father, we just thank you for your presence. Oh, Jesus, we thank you for your presence.
His atmosphere is ready. Come and flood us with glory. Let it rain. One more time. Come on. Let the well break open. His atmosphere is ready. Come and flood us with glory. Let it rain. Be released. We are the people who will call on your rain. We will send heaven and we call on
This morning, Miss Patsy at the Y, right? I asked her a couple weeks ago. I asked her again today. Miss Patsy, how's your day going? She said, God woke me up this morning, baby. Nothing else. So listen, we're going to sing an older song. And you know what? I want you to think about what God has done. We've been playing around with this one. Most of us in here know it. I'm not going to give it away just yet. I got to have some for it. God has done so many things for us. He's healed us. Man. I'm going to grab some water before we start singing this. We just figured we would have some fun before. I like Anybody else like to have fun in church? I do. I, I do. I like to enjoy myself.
thing for you. This is a different beat than our drummers used to. Has he got anything for you? Come on, I want you to proclaim it this morning. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body, touched my mind. spiritual high five this morning you know one of the toughest parts about that song is stopping Whew. well the starting wasn't too bad Rollin. you did a great job hey y'all give it up Rollin, man he's not used to playing in front of people the rest of us are used to it you know he did amazing y'all can go ahead and try to be seated this morning i'm gonna come down here Whew, jesus you know, we did hear a version of that song that had some verses in it, so we're going to have to try to learn the verses because it's like there's only a chorus. That's all that's in the song. <laughs> we're like, there's got to be more to sing. You know, we know it's out there. We pulled up a couple of them, but they just didn't fit. So we're like, ah, we got to find the one that works. But that's all right. Hey, we were playing with Ancient of Days earlier. Remember that one? Blessing and ah. But it's got like 300 notes in it, the way they play it. We're, no, we don't play that many notes. Uh, so we, we were kind of 
pulling out some of the notes, <laughs> making it flow a little easier so we could focus on the song more than the music in the song. Whew, Jesus. It is good to see everybody this morning. I know with the storm and with sicknesses and all these crazy things, man, people been in and out. And, but you know what? We are going to get past it. Can I tell you that? We're going to get past this. And I hope we never go back to normal. Wait a minute. I want normal. I don't want normal. I want a new normal. If we had to go through all of this to just go back the way it was, even Bentley wouldn't like that. Bentley's like, I'm not even going to smirk because he's going to think I'm listening. I know he's listening to me. I don't want to go back to normal. I want whatever new normal God wants us to have, right? I want whatever new normal God wants me to have, however I'm supposed to change, whatever I was supposed to get rid of. You know, can I tell you, I didn't care. Well, I used to love watching football. And then when I became pastor here, I had to drive back and forth to Eunice on Sunday, so I never got to watch a game. And after doing that through most of the season, I don't know, I watched some football, but it just, it wasn't quite as important as it used to be, you know. Uh, can, can I tell you all a secret if y'all don't judge me? Y'all not going to judge me, are you? Okay. When, when I, I worked for a cell phone company and, uh, years ago, and we were one of the first cell phone companies that actually put a browser on the phone. Uh, Nextel was actually one of the first companies to put a browser on there. And, and you know, I had access to all kind of things being a technician with the company. So my pastor had this great idea to have church during the Super Bowl because his team wasn't in there. So what did I do? Well, I was running sound. So I popped my phone out and I'd refresh and I'd look at the score. <laughs> Problem was, is I had many people in the church that knew it. So now and then they'd look back and be like, Seven zero. <laughs> it wasn't the greatest thing I ever did. Uh, but you know what? I don't want to go back to normal. I don't want to go back to those kind of things. I'm, I'm glad I'm not, I don't really care. Actually, you know what I found even better? If you like football and you don't want to have to deal with it anymore, go to YouTube and you can watch the entire highlights of the game in like 15 minutes. And you don't have to listen to the commentator talk about the same guy for 30 minutes. And so I, I went back to LSU season this year and watched them beat up on Alabama. I don't know how many times. I have seriously enjoyed that game. Um, and, and I don't have to mess with everything else. I can just listen to it, you know. And so I'm, I'm just glad there's certain things in my life that I just don't care about anymore. That's where I'm really going with it, I guess I could say. Can I get there? Yeah. And, and so I want to find out what God has for me today, and I want to be a better version of me than I was then. I want to I be better. And, you know, last night, uh, you can put the title slide up there. Last night, we, we talked about prayer that changes things, right, on a Revival Weekend. Prayer that changes things. And, you know, I've really been thinking a lot about the fact that, you know, we pray about things, but do we really pray? And that's what we talked about last night, right? Uh, where was that comment I made? There was, there was a comment that God had me put in there. Let me, let me go grab it real quick because... I know y'all got it wrote down, but I'm looking for my note. There it is. We don't want to travail. We just want an email. We don't want to get in prayer and, and fight for something. We just want somebody to email us and tell us it was done. <laughs> God gave it to me that way. And I was like, that's kind of funny, Lord. I like emails, though. So, he, you know. And then it says, we, don't, we want a text message. Maybe y'all's phone says this. This says delivered and read that quick. 
right? Anybody got a, t- a phone that says delivered, you know, when you, yeah. You know, we, we want to, dear Jesus, I really wish this COVID would be done. Amen. Oh, look, he got it. He read it and he said, it's okay. <laughs> that's what we want. But that's not the reality of it sometimes, is it? You know, I've prayed prayers and felt like the answers were immediately, but not normally. Normally those prayers, it's like things take time, right? And so we talked about that last night. You know, we want things to happen this fast. But sometimes we got to fight for them. And today we're going to talk about being Pentecostal. When I say being Pentecostal, what's the first thing you think of? Anybody? Well, we talked about it earlier. Hush. Isn't that the first thing when somebody says, are you Pentecostal? Oh, you speak in tongues. You know, there is so much more to being Pentecostal than just speaking in tongues. If all we did was stay there, we have missed it ourselves, right? You know, can, can I tell you, I know people in many different denominations that believe in speaking in tongues. They just might not do it in front of people. So, so today I want us to look a little bit at some things in here. I'm going to kick these ACs down for you so you don't freeze to death. Uh, I'm, I'm comfortable, but y'all know me. When I get comfortable, y'all are probably on icicles. Uh, no? Okay. Well, no, I just turn them up two degrees. Yeah, you know, they, I had to warm up my house for my mom and them to come stay during the hurricane because she lives down south. So I had to warm my house up to 65. <laughs> y'all laugh, but I set my AC at 59 at night. <laughs> I don't like to sweat, so, okay, I'm going to get back to this. All right, listen, I want us to talk, we're going to talk over the next few weeks about being Pentecostal, but we've got to read a few scriptures so we can all get on the same page. So the first one, they're all going to be on the screen for you this morning, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20, Matthew 28, I want you to turn there, and I'm going to read something out of the, out of the bulletin to you that I put, I put a couple of cool things in there. Listen, after all the singing last night, in the preaching, I'm, I've got to keep my voice wet. Uh, thank God Becca was here today, Jesus, hallelujah. Because I had to do all of the leading of the worship. John, um, Cookie was trying to help me back up the best he could, but we have the same voice, so it was not like we could. <laughs> so, but I, I put this in the bulletin. It was a quote that, that somebody put in there by a Frank Bartleman, and, and it really goes with where we're at. So I put it in here. Listen to this. The early Pentecostal worldview at its core encouraged believers to seek full consecration to Christ and his mission. See, we don't want that anymore. We just want to be a part of what's going on without having to commit to something. But that's another story. The consecrated life as illustrated in the Azusa Street Revival was lived out through, uh uh-oh, holy living and spiritual disciplines. Early Pentecostals committed themselves to prayer, fasting, and Bible study. They demonstrated a gritty determination to share Christ, no matter the cost. Importantly, they avoided worldly entanglements. Yeah, I had to put that in there. That would dilute their testimony, insisting that their heavenly citizenship should far outweigh any earthly allegiances. Can I tell you, when I first got saved, it was in a Pentecostal church getting ahead of myself, but I think it's, I need to, you know, I know I've, I've shared this story before, you know, I was on my way, well, that day I was going to go to the club, this is how 
like I told you, you know, my mind was warped and, and didn't fit. I had no money. I was in the military. I'd missed a meal. I needed to go get some food, and I needed to get to the club before the cover charge started. That is a real intelligent way of thinking. I had no money. I needed food, and I needed to get to the club before they charged me money to get in. That was my mind. Those crazy Christians that used to bang on our door on Saturdays come banging on my door, and he put his foot in the door when I started to close it. It didn't make me very happy. And we talked. I'm going to, you know, cut it as quick as I can for you. And he said, listen, man, I just want to invite you to a concert. I said, I'm not interested in your concert. I've got plans. He said, hey, listen, why don't we go grab a quick bite to eat? You can come to the concert. And what club were you going to go to? So I told him, oh, that's on the way. You can get out of there in time to go to the club before the cover charge started. That's what the guy told me. Bro, I am all over this. Where are we going to eat? Some Taco Bell. Well, I didn't have enough money for Taco Bell. I was trying to get the cheap burger at McDonald's, you know. And so we went to McDonald's, went to there, and I got saved. Man, I couldn't wait to get to the altar. I was like, this preacher needs to stop so I can get to the altar. And I ran down to an altar that I didn't even know what it was. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't have all of the understanding. So I got saved. So you know what they told me? They said, hey, listen, church is at this time tomorrow. Okay. Be here, we'll be in the back, and we're going to be praying. So be here so you can come pray. Okay. I didn't know any different. So 9 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, whatever time it was, I showed up, and there's a room full of people on their knees in front of chairs, and they're praying in the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you, I didn't know what the Holy Ghost was. Uh, The only experience I ever had with the Holy Ghost was my grandmother who went to a UPC church in Vider, Texas. I was about this tall, and we hid under the pews. Because they were running around like they were crazy. I didn't know. So here I am 20 years later. I didn't understand all of this. And somebody said, it's all right, brother. Just sit here and pray. You'll figure it out. So I prayed. They sat in there for one hour. Guess what they told me Sunday night? Hey, be here at this time because we're going to pray. Okay. And I did that. And you know what happened? Eventually I got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, evidence of speaking in tongues, and then I went back there and began to pray. And that's how I learned to pray in the Holy Ghost. Nobody gave me an option of, oh, well, try to be here if you want to. Uh-oh, I'm stepping on toes. I'm sorry. Uh, and so it was just one of those things. We did it because that's what we did. That's who we were. Because we knew that prayer changes things. We would go out every Saturday and hand out tracts. Man, I am way off. I might as well turn that off. We went out every Saturday and passed out tracts, and we prayed one hour before we left. One hour. Man, you guys prayed one hour all the time. Then we get back and pray another hour, thanking God that we were able to go out and pass out tracts. We were crazy. And I could tell you stories for days about things that I saw passing out tracts. You know, crack addicts giving us their money, people getting saved, homosexuals getting saved on the side of the highway. At 2 o'clock in the morning, we threw him in the back of the truck and brought him to the church because there was people there praying, and we dropped him off and said, hey, this guy was homosexual. He just gave his life to Christ. You'll pray him through. We're going to find another one, and, and that's what we did. We'd, say, we'd see a guy. This is Jacksonville, Florida. There was people all over. We'd see a person in the middle of the night. We would literally, we would drive around looking, and if we saw you walking, it was on. <laughs> it was on. And so, you know, I guess the point the Lord is trying to get me to make was is we understood we were Pentecostal prayer change things and we were full of the Holy Spirit. Like I remember the guy that when I when I got saved, he was trying to teach me about cleaning my house. 
And he says, well, brother, there's things in your life that are still, you know, messing with you. And I'm like, man, what are you talking about? I've gotten rid. I ain't going to the club no more. I'm doing this. You know, I'm, I'm explaining. He says, yeah, but you've got things in your truck. I'm like, in my truck? He says, he said, brother, I can feel it right over there under your seat. I can just, it makes my skin crawl. I'm like, oh, it's only about 100 or 200 CDs. I pulled them out, and I'm like, he said, yeah, that right there. I'm like, wow. Mm, okay. Well, what's so bad about him? And he's taught me. But it was the this, this spirit of God that revealed that to him, that it was there. Can I tell you, I, I, I grew up in a neighborhood where I had the lowrider truck. I was two and a half inches off the ground. I had the big speakers. I could barely sit in my Nissan with my 15s in the back. And I listened to all kind of rap music. Yeah, I was in rap. I was rap, yeah. I, I remember when I turned 16, my mom bought me this, this cassette tape that I, I really wanted. Touch you. Yeah. And it had a ex parental warning, explicit lyrics in it. She didn't pay attention, thank God, so she bought it for me, and I got in trouble later when she saw it, but that's okay. It was, it was a time I was learning. That's, I was easy -E NWA, too short. I was into all of that. And now here I am, I'm saved. And that stuff is filth. All it did was demoralize women and this. And, and the Spirit of God revealed that to him. And, and I'm going to tell this one more story, then I'm going to try to get back in here. But I'm, I guess I'm trying to explain to you, you know, how, how we should act. Like, I remember walking in one day. I had moved in with a couple of the guys. There was like four or five of us lived together, you know. And, and I remember walking in one service and my pastor was really tall, Pastor Mars, Ron Mars. He was a leader of the Hells Angels in uh, Nevada for many, many years. He got saved out in Chandler, Arizona. Um, and uh, he got saved, but big handlebar mustache. This dude was rough. He got saved probably in his 40s or 50s. Okay, so he was a rough dude. And uh, he preached that way too. Amazing preacher. And I remember him, we were walking in, and he'd come to the door, and he'd grab one of the guys. His name was Chris. He says, Brother, brother, I was praying this morning, and the Lord showed me there's some things you're doing, and I think you need to get them right. <sighs> to the altar, he went, man. You know, and this guy was on the worship team, and, and so he said, you need to take a break for a little while. And, man, after that, the rest of us, we'd walk into church, Hail Mary, Mother, you know, I, didn't, I wasn't even Catholic, and we were praying to, you know, whatever we had to do to make sure pastor didn't know, Right? I don't want to know what you're doing, but I, I pray that the Holy Spirit convicts us of anything that we're doing, right? What happened to those days? I think we need to get back to that. I think we need to get back to the Spirit of God moving through our lives so much that we, we understand there's power in us and in what we're doing. And so let's read a couple of scriptures this morning. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. Look at this. Jesus approached and breaking the silence said to them, all authority, all power of rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. To who? To Jesus. Now look, verse 19. So then go you and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, uh-oh, teaching them to observe everything that commanded you, that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you all the days, perpetually, uniformly, and on every occasion, to the very close and consumption of the age. Amen. So let it be. This was our commission to go do. Can we do any of this without the Holy Spirit? 
No. I, listen, without the Holy Spirit, I'm the guy that, that God made become a recruiter in the Navy to send to Beaumont, Texas, but I couldn't get in front of people. How do you get in front of people when you can't talk? Yeah, you hear me talk and sing today. I couldn't do any of that. I remember the thought of getting in front of a teenager and telling them, hey, man, go join the Navy. My chest would collapse. I couldn't breathe. I remember the first time I had to get in front of the class and give a speech. I couldn't talk. I was just froze. And I ha but listen, I'm in the military. I don't have a choice now, right? I have to. So I'm fighting through this thing, but it was not comfortable. And then we moved to Beaumont, Texas as a recruiter, and I'm doing this stuff. And then we get back into church because I had left church for a few years. I'd run away from what God had been doing. I'd seen all these things. I'd run. And now here I am in Beaumont, Texas. We get back into church, and God says, I want you to preach. I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, Moses had a stuttering problem. I hadn't learned that yet. I didn't know that story yet. All I knew was, is I can't get in front of people. I used to witness to people all the time. Like, I remember walking in a door one day. You'd walk in, there'd be two doors here, and there'd be two upstairs. And we'd walk in, knock on the doors, pass out. Hey, man, you're going to hell. You need Jesus. You know, we did that. I opened the door, and there's a man in his underwear sitting in his recliner. What do you do? Man, you need Jesus. How you doing? I'm going to leave that with you. <laughs> But now here I am, five years later, I can't speak in front of people. I can't talk to one person. You're going to preach. No, I'm not. And so what I missed was is I had walked away from God and totally allowed the, the power and the spirit of God to leave my life. I wasn't walking in any of that. And so then I committed myself and said, God, this, I need to do this. And I allowed the spirit of God to flow through me again through the Holy Spirit and I began to do those things. And you know, I, it was really interesting when, he, when I got out of the Navy because he told me to, and I became a technician slash trainer for Nextel. What do trainers do? Get in front of people, hundreds of people. Jesus, I, I, I've been in front of hundreds of people doing trainings on cell phones. And my chest would just tighten up. And I'm like, I didn't want that job. He made me. I literally told the lady, I don't want to work for you. God told me to. Please don't hire me. She brought me in for three interviews, and I told her the same thing three times. And Donna hired me anyways. Yeah. And so now here it is. I do start preaching. And guys, I knew I was in serious trouble when I was in Coca-Cola over in Beaumont, the big distribution center. There was, you know, 100 guys there or more. And I just preached Sunday morning and Sunday night, and I'm in here, and I'm doing a training class, and I almost said amen after something. And I was like, this is getting bad. But you see, when this spirit of God, that anointing, I could stand there and preach and it didn't bother me. But when I try to walk away from it, everything was hard. Look at Luke chapter 24. I'm going to put it up on the screen. 2449. I guess that was a perfect lead in. I wasn't even, again, I'm just, it's, I, I think God wants me to share things. I'm sharing it this morning. You'll know how I do that. Look at Luke 2449. Here's Jesus. And behold, I will send forth upon you what my father has promised, but remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. We had to wait for the promise. Now, jump, jump over to Acts chapter 1. We're going to read a couple little sections here. 
Acts chapter 1. Well, Pastor, you got to go to Acts chapter 2 if you're talking about the Holy Ghost. We're getting there. You know, I saw a shirt one time. It was, it was the devil with a bunch of big lumps on his head, and it was Jesus standing there with the cross. And he said, Jesus beat the devil up with a two-by-four, Acts 2 and 4. I was like, oh, God, anything to make a, make a buck. Whew. Hold on, I, I, I got to. They're laughing because I told them that this morning. I, I posted this the other day on Facebook. Hold on, guys. I got I to gotta tell you. I want to get onto the road that Saul was in the Bible, the road to Damascus. Uh, I'm sorry. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Look at this. While being together and eating with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem. See, we're hearing the same thing. But to wait for what the Father had promised, of which he said, You have heard me speak, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized. What's the next word? Empowered. Does it say that up there? For John baptized with water. Oh, see, I guess my version is different. Placed and introduced into the Holy Spirit. See, my, my version of Amplified says, empowered and united with the Holy Spirit. Not long from now, verse 6. So when they were assembled, they asked him, Lord, is it a time when you will reestablish your kingdom and restore it to Israel? Now they're asking about all these other crazy things. He's talking about the Holy Ghost. Look at verse 7. He said to them, again, he, he had a habit of not answering their questions. He really did. He said, because he was answering what was important, not the foolishness. He, he didn't get caught with squirrel, right? You know, here we are, we're like squirrel, and Jesus never fell for that. He said to them, it is not for you to become acquainted with and know the time that brings the things and events of time in their definite periods or fixed years and seasons. Their cri critical niche in time, which the Father has appointed, fixed, and reserved by his own choice and authority and personal power. But then look at verse 8. But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be what? My witnesses. It means you've got to open your mouth, and you've got to talk. It means you've got to read your Bible a little bit so you can understand what he did. It means you've got to pray so you can talk to him. There's a whole lot of things about being witnesses. It's a whole lot more than, do you, tear to, you know, swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, none but choose to help you, God, you know, and you sit down. No, you've got to learn. In Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and in Marksville and Mansura and Bruyette and Blue Town and I could keep going. And the very bounds of the earth, so that would even include Patasa and Los Cushcush. That was a place my wife's grandmother always said she was from Los Cushcush. They thought it was just meant the middle of nowhere, and she was one day she said, No, no, it's a, it's an area. <laughs> Patasa is an area over around Eunice where we were at, and Three Bridge. So you would include all of these areas, all of these areas, and to the ends of the earth. Now jump over to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. We're going to read these, and then I'm going to talk to you about a couple other things, and we'll probably close it down for today, and then we'll pick it up because there's, there's a lot more we need to get into. Boom. And when the day of Pentecost had come, where were they? All together, assembled in one place, they listened to what he said. He, they waited. God, I want that text message right now that tells me my blessing's on the way. I need my email. <laughs> you need to wait. I don't want to wait. It's like Amelia. 
she doesn't like to wait when she's hungry. When she's hungry, she lets you know. That's right. She's a baby, so we don't have a problem with that. But we're not babies. As, as my pastor used to tell us in, in Beaumont, Pastor Flippo, he said, I'm, kinda, I'm tired of parting your mustache so I can put your bottle in. <laughs> he had a million of those things. I'm trying to get him over here to preach, and I told him, you'll have to come up with some new ones because I done told all the rest of them you had. I didn't use them all, buddy, because they're good. See, we're supposed to be older than that. Verse 2, and suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing, violent tempest blast, and it filled the whole house in which they were sitting. Could you imagine being there when the power of the Holy Spirit, it said violent tempest blast. Can you imagine sitting there when all of a sudden that happened? Remember, I was really young, and I hid under the pew when they were running around crazy. <laughs> a bunch of adult, a bunch of grown men and women when that happened. Go to the next one for me. And there appeared to them tongues. Now, this would really have freaked us out. Tongues resembling fire, which separated into distributed, which settled on each one of them. Go to the next one. And they were all filled, diffused throughout their souls with the Holy Spirit to begin to speak in other different foreign languages and tongues as the Spirit kept giving them clear and loud expression in each tongue and appropriate words. It, didn't, it does not read that anybody got up and ran out because they freaked them out or it wasn't their doctrine. <laughs> I didn't understand that scripture, so Lord, don't give it to me. I tell you, I want everything he's got. I remember brother, brother Buttersworth. He was the gentleman that would come in. He was from like, he was in Jacksonville. He was like from North Carolina or South Carolina. He was the one that'd come in and lay hands and pray for you to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Listen, my birth certificate says Baptist, but I didn't attend a Baptist church. I'd visit once in a while. My aunt and uncle would bring us from Houston when we would go. When we'd go see grandma, we only went one time with her. We didn't go back to that. Um, you know, I, I told the youth pastor in Crowley to lock the back door uh, because there's a, a stairwell. I went to youth twice because there was a girl I was dating. And we, you know, and, and so I told him, brother, you need to lock that door because I know what's back there. What are you trying to say? Y'all still hold youth services right there, right? You see, there, there was all these things. But here's the thing. It took the power of the Holy Spirit to change me. It took the power of the Holy Spirit to grab a hold of me. And Brother Buttersworth comes in. And he's praying with all these people. And I remember him looking at me, brother, you want, you want everything God's got? I said, I want it all. But you ain't going to push me over. <laughs> and we're all standing up there, and I see people falling left and right. I done saw TV. I know what's fixing to happen. He's fixing to lay me back like this with his hand and knock me over. It ain't going to happen. And I remember standing there with Brother Buttersworth, and he... He came over and he prayed for me and he prayed for me. He says, brother, I thought you said you want everything God's got. I want it all. But you're not going to push me over. He just looks at me. So he prayed for me and he went on and he come back and he prayed for me. He says, man, we got a tree here. I said, yeah, I was skeptical and I was afraid. But I wanted everything God had for me and I wanted nothing to hinder my life. And I knew I needed the power of the Holy Spirit because if these fishermen could go out and turn the world upside down. These tax collectors, I wanted it. Because by this time, I had learned the scriptures. 
And I remember him standing there praying for me, and I got my hands in the air, and I hear a bunch of noise. And I look over, and the guy standing on both sides of me done fell, and he hadn't prayed for them yet. And they're just laid out on the floor. And, I, and he says, oh, this is going to be fun. I said, yep, and you still ain't going to push me over. So I did this. <laughs> and he kept praying, and I did this. And I woke up later on like, why am I on the floor? What is this I'm saying? Because I finally yielded to it. It's a yield. It's a yield. So th this thing of being Pentecostal, though, is so much more than just speaking in tongues. We major on that, but the problem is there is so much more. It gives us the power to be witnesses. It gives us the power to do what? To live a holy life. The power of the Holy Spirit through, through prayer, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So you want more faith? Pray in the Holy Ghost. He comforts us. He guides us, right? When, when I want to learn the Scripture, I can read a whole lot of books about the Bible or I could read the Bible about the Bible. And when I don't understand something, what do I do? I ask the guy that wrote the book. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, reveal this to me. And I'll chew on something for weeks sometimes. And then sometimes I get the answer, and sometimes I run across something. Oh, look, this guy wrote about that. Let me read that. Oh, that's exactly. Like I have still been chewing on, on the Scripture over in Job. I'm still chewing on this one, and I've had people tell me things, and I'm like, I'm just not satisfied yet. Why did Satan come and present himself to the Lord? It said the angels or the sons of men came and presented themselves to the Lord, and Satan did as well. Why did he have to present himself to the Lord? Why were the angels presenting themselves to the Lord? I, I've read all the what the theologians say, but I'm like, Lord, this is just kind of weird to me. And I just chew on it, and I think on it. And I just keep asking him, Lord, why did he have to do that? And one day he might say, just because, you know, all right, whatever. But I just ask because I want to learn. So I go to the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit brings us faith, right? Through, through the Spirit of God, we have faith. We, we have power. We have all these different things, guys. It is so much more. So do we want to have, be able to pray and it change things? Then we need to understand how the power of God through the Holy Spirit works through our lives. That's what we need to understand, and that's what we're going to go through over the next few weeks. Uh, you know, the first one we're going to talk about is a life of faith, which we're not going to do that today. And then we're going to talk about effective prayer, you know, and then we're going to go into some more as I, I get some more titles for sections. I don't know. You know, I, I've got these two put down already. Because the thing is, is if we're supposed to live a life of faith, how do we live a life of faith separate from the power of the Holy Spirit? How do we do that? I don't think we can. I don't think we can. I think we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to, to fully envelop us, to consume us, whatever it is. And there's so much more than just speaking in tongues. That's not what I'm, I'm not, I'm not just majoring on that. I'm not making it a minor all either, though. Just give me, there's so much more. So for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about what it really means to be Pentecostal. And I'm not talking about a denomination, Right, the UPC and the Assemblies of God and the Church of God in Christ and Church of God and, and, and you know it used to be called the, the Pentecostal Church of the Nazarene. Nazarene Church was the Pentecostal Church of the Nazarene. Now they're just the Nazarene Church and you know there's so many of them out there. I'm not talking about denominations. I'm not talking about theology differences. I'm talking about what the Word says. If it's not in here and we can't back it up, then it's our opinion. 
I'm Assemblies of God. We're Pentecostal. And guess what? Everything I believe, I can back up with the scriptures. And I'm that crazy guy that even asked the question. <laughs> they really love this when I ask this. We have this thing called the 16 Fundamental Truths. It's 16 things that we all agree on and we sign every year that we agree on that. You know, like Jesus is the Son of God. The scriptures are inspired. Jesus is going to come back and reign as a millennial reign. He's going to be here for a thousand years. You know, the, the lake of fire and death. And, you know, it's just all the different pieces of it. We believe in, in water baptism. We believe in baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. There's, there's all these different things. And a couple of them I got to and I said, hey, guys, don't we need at least two witnesses to confirm everything? Well, yeah, we've got, we've got three scriptures right here, or actually five, that back that up. I said, well, yeah. They said, that's two witnesses. I said, yeah, but Paul wrote all of those books. Oh, come on, Rich. Paul's only one man. I know it was all inspired, and I agree with it, but it was just, that's how I, my mind works, just giving you an insight. <laughs> Paul wrote all of the books where they got the scripture, so it was one man being inspired by the Holy Spirit, sending it out. But guess what? I still believe it, but it's just, that's how I am with the scriptures. If I can't verify it in there, it's an opinion. It's an opinion, amen? So listen, I want us to, to, to we're going to be going into this stuff over the next few weeks, but I want us to take time today and have communion together as a family. Can we do that? I want us to do communion as a family. Now listen, you don't have to be a member of our church. Again, according to the scriptures, they were all there together, right? They were believers. They were like believers, and they took communion together. It doesn't say they were a member of a church. And I even allow the children, as long as the parent thinks the child understands. Why? Because I think the children need to learn how we do things. And I learned that many years ago by reading a book. And the gentleman in the book just did this. He picked up a fork. He said, who taught your child how to eat from this fork? Did anybody teach their child how to eat from a fork? You gave it to them and they did what? They watched you. But we send the children away a lot of times instead of teaching them. And I, I love our children being in here and, and watching. And I hear so many stories about uh, the children talking to their parents about things they experienced in worship or any of that. I love it, man. So uh, I know we got Jonathan here. Uh, Brett, you want to help me? Okay. So uh, y'all go ahead and get your masks on. And uh, So we've got pre-made cups that we've put out. We make sure we keep them sealed up. And uh, these gentlemen are going to help us today. What they're going to do, they're going to bring it around to you. And they're going to hand it to you. And then we can uh, partake all together at the same time. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll, we'll take them all together at the same time. So they'll bring them to you. Hallelujah. Whew. Good to see you back, man. He works off on the boats, so he's gone a lot. <laughs> so, man got way more sea time than I do. Uh-uh. My counter only rolled when I was actually away from the pier. Yes, see, I was stationed in Jacksonville, Florida. The ship was in Norfolk, Virginia, and the only time my sea counter rolled is when the, the ship was not pierside in Norfolk. Now, when we were overseas and all, yes. So I've actually only got two and a half years of actual underway time, even though I've been on the ship a whole lot more than that. Yeah, is, is, an, air, is an aircraft mechanic, we, we didn't have the same. The, the guys that were stationed on the ship, their counters rolled all the time. So they'd get four years of their time. Ours only, 
And, and if the, the ship moved from one pier to the other, we'd have to be there. We didn't get time for that. <laughs> it's like, whatever. Spent way more time on there than I wanted to, I promise you. Oh, thank you. All right. Go ahead. Hey, you're going to need one, you know. <laughs> you got one, job? Okay. All right, guys. Thank you all for helping us serve. So listen, so back in the book of Corinthians, we have the story of, of Jesus and the disciples. We call it the Last Supper. Did everybody received one that, that wanted one? Okay. We call it the Last Supper, but what he was doing is he was teaching some things. What he was teaching was the fact that there's a covenant that happened here. In a covenant in Jewish history, there would always be breaking of bread, and there would be shedding of blood. If you go back and look at the Abrahamic covenant, you got one, Mike? Okay. The Abrahamic covenant, all the way back, they had a meal, and there was also shedding of blood. So now we have the New Testament in the Bible is actually considered the new covenant. And we partake of this bread and juice symbolizing we receive it once again. Not only the other things we get with it. But while they were in the meal, it says that Jesus took the bread and he broke the bread. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not a fan of these cups either, but they work and they're safe for us right now. He took this bread and he said, this bread represents my body, which is going to be broken for you. If you read back into the Old Testament, it said, by his stripes, we were healed. By the stripes, the actual 39 stripes that were prophesied, it said 40 minus 1, he received 39 stripes, was prophesied that he was going to have, that by his stripes, we were healed, by his body being broken. And as I've told you before, we had a sickness in our family we couldn't get rid of, so guess what we did? I found some bread, and we took bread. And so today, as we receive this bread, what we're doing is we're receiving the health. According to the scriptures, we're receiving everything that his ministry did, his body being broken, crucified, all of those things we're receiving. And we're also receiving the life because he's not dead. See, there's a lot more going on with the bread. But it's an amazing symbol that we get to do. It's an amazing symbol. So let's pray and then we're going to eat. So, Father, I thank you for this symbol that you have given us of the body of Jesus Christ. Lord, I receive it now. I receive the health and the life, all the things you intended. And I receive this covenant for me and my family, God. I pray right now that every person as we partake this, the health and life would flow through their bodies as well. And I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Let's eat the bread together. That opened a lot better than the last one I tried. These things are so hard, especially one-handed. See, the second part of any covenant, an Abrahamic or Jewish covenant, was the shedding of blood. Remember in the Old Testament that they, they shed the blood and they walked in between it? Go read it. It's an amazing story. Go study it. I've, I've got some books on it, on the Jewish uh, things of... of uh, covenant. Jesus' blood being shed forgives us of sin, but it's also the blood that was shed for the covenant that puts us in. And that's, that's a whole other teaching, but it's, it's an amazing thing. So today as we receive this blood, 
we're receiving, we're receiving this juice represents the blood that he shed, the blood that was washed over our hearts when we accepted him as Savior. It's also the blood that was put across the mercy seat that forgives us of all the sins. It's also the blood that has washed the books clean. So many things that goes on with the blood. And so today, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to receive the, the juice that symbolizes that. So, Father, I thank you for this juice, again, that symbolizes the blood of Jesus, the covenant, the forgiveness, all the things that go with it, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you allowed Jesus to come and live and die for me. I thank you, Lord. And today, as I partake of this juice, Lord, I am partaking of, of all that he did, the works that he did on the cross, and I am also pouring this over my life that I am now a partaker of the covenant and I have all that's in the covenant all the protections all the blessings in Jesus mighty name let's take the cup together amen Bentley you want to grab one of those red things though it's in the back maybe daddy will get it for you you can pick them up for me so guys thank you for being with us today and sharing with this I, Bentley's going to come and, and get these Thank you for sharing with us. I, I love taking communion because it's just an amazing time. I don't like to do it too often because it becomes a common thing, and I don't ever, ever, ever want this to become common. So listen, we're going to be back Wednesday. There's something else in the bulletin I want to read to you real fast that I put in there. It's a prayer that somebody had, had put down, and it got kind of cut off, so I had to go find it, but... The spirit of delusion. It's not on the screen. It says, we are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that has set itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to, and this is the part that got cut off, obedience of Christ. That's 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. Delusion is intended to confuse your focus, create cycles of defeat, Mock truth and frustrate hope. So beware of this mental attack. This is demonic and is intended to sabotage your faith. So I put that in the, it's 2 Corinthians 10, 5, if you want to write it down. I, I didn't realize that part got cut down, but that's the scripture above it. So you know what? As things try to come against you, you can quote this right here. Quote this scripture to stand against it. Amen. So listen, let me pray a blessing over you this morning, and then we can go, but come back Wednesday. We're going to have another good time Wednesday in the Lord. Amen. So let's stand up with me, and we're going to pray. Thank you, Bentley, for doing that, buddy. Father, I thank you for all that you've done today. I thank you for all your blessings. I thank you for your presence. And Lord, I pray that you would just protect us as a family of God, the family of God. Protect us as we go. Allow the power of the Holy Spirit to, to move through us. And in us, give us opportunities to share our faith, to share who you, Jesus, is. And we're going to turn the world upside down for your glory. And we ask this all in Jesus' mighty name. And if you agree, say amen with me this morning. Amen. Listen, God bless you. If you have an offering or something, you can leave it in the, the trays back there. But come Wednesday, we're going to be here at 7 o'clock, and we're going to have a great time in the Lord. Amen. Bless you. Make sure you social distance. Okay, I'm done with that. I got to say it, you know. <laughs>